I'm Dr. Tanya Bailey, and welcome to Arts, Artists, and Advocates, a podcast-based broadcast. You can find content on demand at lccconnect.com. Do it today. Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a series of conversations and performances that explore diversity, equity, and inclusion through the arts and activism. We're highlighting the work of people on our campus and in our community that's making a difference. As we celebrate Black History Awareness all year long with our Culture 365 efforts, we recognize the contributions that so many have made to the American economy for the Black community. At the same time, we realize that we have a long way to go towards that economy that make it equitable for all Americans, including African-American entrepreneurs. Today, we're going to be honoring and highlighting the long history of small business owners. You know, from um, 1900 to 1930, there was a gold age of Black-owned businesses in the U.S. But because of Jim Crow laws forcing African-Americans to move from insulated communities into separate areas, Areas, it really had a hardship on entrepreneurship. But all across the country, or in urban areas and abroad, people began to build small businesses and they were popping up with record speed. So today on Arts, Artists, and Advocates, we are proud to feature a business owner, an entrepreneur, an advocate, Nikki Frazier of Sweet Encounter. It's a Black-owned business right here in Lansing, Michigan, and she's our special guest today. Nikki embodies the spirit of legend entrepreneurs such as Booker T. Washington, who, by the way, founded the National Negro Business League, which was renamed National Business League in 1966. It supported business entrepreneurs for African-Americans and help them to start and grow their business. I want you to give a very, very warm welcome as our show's title today is What's Cooking with Nikki Frazier today. Give a big arts and artists welcome to Nikki Frazier. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It is such a delight to have you on the show. I'm so excited that I get a chance to talk to an amazing entrepreneur and someone that's going to give a lot of information to our audiences about the form of what's cooking. <laughs> yes! It's going to be great. So let's start off, Nikki, by letting everyone know who is Nikki Frazier, where are you from, and how does where you from come from affect your work? Yes, thank you so much. I am Nikki Thompson Frazier and I own Sweet Encounter Bakery and Sweet Encounter Kids, two businesses. So mama is keeping busy. And I started these businesses because of my two beautiful daughters, Malia and Madison, who have food allergies. So I specialize in gluten-free desserts, treats, and cooking classes, I like to tell people. And I am from Muncie, Indiana, M-U-N-C-I-E. Muncie, Indiana. Well, first of all, when you said you specialize in desserts and then you threw in for gluten-free, you had me. Okay, you had me at dessert, so, and, and probably a lot of our listeners as well. But to have specialization, treats and sweets, Hmm. Mm -hmm. Treats and sweets. I'm giving you a little slogan. Treats and sweets for all to enjoy. That's inclusivity. That's making sure we all get to eat. And I love it. Um, and you're from Muncie, Indiana. I uh, want to know, uh, tell our listeners who may have never been to Muncie, Indiana, what's, what does Muncie, Indiana look like? And, and, and 
How has that impacted what you do now here at Lansing? I will say it's a similar landscape to Lansing. Um, Lansing's a bit bigger than Muncie is, but in terms of our demographics, in terms of being a GM city or GM town, right, General Motors, there was a General Motors plant there. My father worked at GM for over 30 years, retired half, like half of the community, I feel like worked at GM. So similar uh, to Lansing in that regard. Also, too, um, just good people, right? Just having good people that want to support each other, to talk about inclusivity, talk about the beauty of um, Black lives and, and Black entrepreneurship. So my mom was an entrepreneur herself. She owned a beauty salon. Mm -hmm. Wow, Madam uh, C.J. Walker in the family. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was called Perfect Touch. And let me tell you, she had that perfect touch and she would have clients lined outside the door on Saturdays waiting to get their hair done. Well, listen, I, my listeners can't see you, but they definitely can tell that there's just beauty em emerging from you. Her hair is just gorgeous, everybody. I can tell you that. I'm vouching for it. Can't see it on, on, on the show, but I'm telling you, trust me. Um, but you come from a family of entrepreneurs. So therefore, it's, it's kind of a byproduct and natural that you've started your own business. I, I want to ask another question because as an entrepreneur, you know, it's it's been difficult during this pandemic, right? It's been tough. Um, but how does how do you take your business and, and, and make it be also a place of advocacy for you, for uh, gluten-free um, uh, eaters like myself? How do you do that? And why is that important? Being an advocate for the gluten-free community, especially for our kids, is so important. One in 13 kids have food allergies. And that is, yes, and the number has increased over the last 10 years. And it, it appears that the number will probably continue to increase. And so it's so important for us to think about not just inclusivity in terms of color, but in terms of lots of different things. So if you think about if your child is at school and someone brings a treat for their birthday, which right now probably not happening in COVID times, but in other times, right? And your child can't enjoy that treat. How would that make your child feel? And so we have to start thinking about those things. And it seems like it's really small, but it's big. And what hit me one time is that I was at a birthday party, took my kids. I had treats for them because I always bring treats for them. And what made me realize that I needed to do this business was this little kid because he was so, well, I had a couple of reasons, but he was one of the pushing reasons. He was so upset that he did not get to enjoy the cake. He had a dairy allergy and he made it known when that cake came out, he kept saying, I can't have cake because I have a dairy allergy. I mean, he was declaring it with all his might. And it was a silent, like, dagger in my heart because I thought man I wish I would have brought an extra cupcake right because I had yes. cupcakes for my kids and at the time my daughter had a dairy allergy too and I thought man I wish I would have brought an extra cupcake because you could tell he was he felt disenfranchised right and yeah. so that's inclusivity is being inclusive in all areas as much as possible because I mean even think about you if you go somewhere and you see a beautiful cake or you see some cookies and you can't have them you're gonna be a little sad right like I'm that little boy I'm definitely going to be sad, right? Mm -hmm. What you're hitting on is, is so, when we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion, we, we, you know, we go to the go-tos, the race, right? Which I'm my race. No, but being inclusive means 
everyone has an opportunity to participate. Mm -hmm. Everyone has an opportunity to feel as if they're valued. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and regardless of it, whether it's uh, uh, eating or uh, uh, allergy for, for this or that, making everyone feel included. And I'm sure that that young boy that changed your life, yes. <laughs> that started the business, he started the business for you, made you <laughs> see that we've got to do something especially for our youth. And I love that. I love that you've taken this um, by storm, not just for um, the, the dietary needs, but really remembering, you know, our kids, whether they're, you know, still are in school or not, they need that extra push of food is energy, right? Um, yes. And to be able to not participate, to get that energy, man, that's everything. I, I, I know that um, you'll appreciate this quote. I want you, I want you to listen to it. I'm going to read it to you. Mm -hmm. as a mom, right? And then I want you to tell me what does it was it mean what does it mean to you? So the quote reads this. As a mom, there are many concerns about the quality of food that we consume. Many food options have unhealthy additives and many people develop food intolerances later in life as a result. Mm -hmm. I was looking for healthy alternative food options, the quote reads, that actually tastes good. I have found it with Sweet Encounter Bakery. The <laughs> owner is very passionate about what she does, and you can taste the love and thoughtfulness in every bite. This came from a customer in Atlanta, Georgia. What does that quote say to you as an entrepreneur? And just tell us, you know, how does that make you feel? made me feel good, right? It lets you know that you're on the right path. It lets you know that, uh, you hit the mark, right? That there's this, that this business, there's a need for it. There's a need. And even with my cooking classes, talk about, you know, doing the desserts, but I have cooking classes and I have partnered with, for instance, like Capital Area District Libraries. And she talks about having healthy food options for kids or healthy food options in general. And I partner with Capital Area District Libraries and I do classes for them uh, a couple times out of the year. I think like maybe six times last year I did. And one was a healthy healthy snacks so after school snacks yes and we made homemade granola and this is also think about inclusivity is that this was a class that anybody not just anybody in Michigan and Lansing anybody in the country could have participated in because they opened it up to the public meaning really any and everybody as long as you knew about it and you had a link and we publicized it you could literally get, get onto that zoom link and you could participate in this class. And so while I do have paid classes, because that does help to keep the lights on, I love being able to offer classes through partners like Capital Area District Libraries, where they are able to provide that service to the community at no cost to them. And I feel like that's the beauty of being able to, as much as we can, be inclusive and let everybody come to the table and enjoy some good food. Oh my goodness, what, now that's advocacy. That's advocacy and, and, and activism all rolled in one. I love that. To be able to offer it to the world for free and then to make those partnerships so that information and education is had. It, it gets me so excited that I think it's time for us to play a game, a game called If. <laughs> love this game um it's 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 the game called if uh, we have fun with it and i want my audience to have fun with it as well and you're the guest so all the if questions get to come to you i am going to say an if statement and one once i'm finished with the statement i want you to respond okay yep. ready set if if diversity was a dessert 
what would it be for you and why? Mm, I would say a punch bowl cake. You may say, what is a punch bowl cake, Nikki? A punch bowl cake literally is like layers of flavor. So you have cake, then you can have any type of fresh fruit that you want from strawberries, raspberry, blueberries, throw some apples, bananas, whatever you like. Get some whipped cream going in there. You can, if you know, if you want to make it, you know, yeah, 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 getting excited, right? You do chocolate cake, you can add some caramel in there because caramel and chocolate pair as well together. I mean, you can do any and everything with a punch bowl cake. It's literally like throwing everything into the bowl and making it taste good. You can do a pina colada flavor. I mean, you can do all types of flavors, but the great thing about the punch bowl cake is that it's layers upon layers of flavor. And so when you think about our world, when you think about our culture, it's layers upon layers of diversity, of creativity, of beauty in all different shades, colors, sizes. And that's the beauty of the punch bowl cake. You know, you may have a big crumble of cake here, a little crumble there. It doesn't matter. You just throw it all in and it, it comes out delicious. And so that's what I would say for what if. Oh my goodness. I love that. And, and I know my listeners too, we're all hungry now. <laughs> yes. It's like, let's get a punch bowl cake. Right now. Okay. Here's the next question on the game called if. If equity was a vehicle, car, plane, bus, whatever, was a vehicle, what would it be for you? I would say a plane. If equity could be a plane that could take us to new places, new heights, new locations, because a plane can take you anywhere, right? A, a car can only take you so far. It can't go across the water. Uh, a boat can't take you across land, but a plane literally can take you across land, water, anything, right? And so if we could have that vehicle for us to be able to explore new heights, for us to be able to uh, learn about new cultures, new people, new places, try new things, that would just be amazing. Wow. I love that analogy. Oh, my goodness. Let me just tell you right now, you're winning at the game called If. You're winning. Uh, inclusion is a plane. I love it. Okay. Um, here we go. In inclusion, inclusion, inclusion. That was the equity. If inclusion was a song, what would it sound like or be? Mm, if it was a <laughs> song, um, I would say, uh, gosh, if it was a song, you know, it's, it, this sounds really cheesy, but I would say that, say that song like, I love you. You love me. <laughs> we are <laughs> for a happy family, right? It's, I think it was a Barney yes. song or something a long time ago, right? But I mean, I really feel like we need to be able to love each other. And I feel like that is the biggest commandment is to love. And I feel like if we can give more love to each other and, and be able to accept each other for who we are at that point, because sometimes we try to change each other too quickly. It's like, Get to know that person, love on them. And through love, I feel like it can help to draw out the goodness in people, right? Because hate just creates hate, but love creates love. Hate creates hate, but love creates love. Listen, I, I, I'm not going to even ask the last question because all of your questions about diversity, equity, and inclusion have been spot on. Cue the applause. We have a winner. <laughs> 
the game called If Mickey, thank you for playing that. And the one reason why we like to play that game, one, because on Arts, Artists, and Advocates, we like to have a good time here. Secondly, we also like to do some educating because some people have a different understanding of what diversity is, a different understanding of equity and inclusion. And you, my friend, have nailed it. Thanks for playing thank the you. game called If. All right. So now we are going to go further in this great conversation that we're having today with Nikki Frazier from Sweet Encounter. We are talking about the rich heritage of uh, entrepreneurship and us being able to celebrate that um, and also to learn and how entrepreneurship as well as advocacy go hand in hand. And today's show is fittingly titled, What's Cooking? So welcome back to Arts, Artists, and Advocates with your host, Dr. Tanya Bailey. We are with Nikki today, and I want to read one more quote, uh, Nikki, and get your reaction. Here it is. I've had the pleasure of enjoying Nikki's cooking on numerous occasions, and I'm never disappointed. She is a gift for baking and cooking. Excuse me. She has a gift for baking and cooking and wants to share that gift with others. Nikki knows just the right way to make food taste delicious. It's the love and care she puts in each creation that makes it unique. And this is from Corey in Lincoln, Nebraska, <laughs> way across the, the planet here. What is your reaction to when you get uh, comments like that? It, it really just melts my heart. And again, it lets me know I'm on, I'm on track. I'm doing the right thing. And I do believe, I know it's cliche to say, but you know, love, right? I mean, when you put that love into your food, it makes a difference. You can taste it. I mean, think about in life and anything. When you do something, when you like, uh, when you're working on a test, for example, or maybe you're working on a project for work, and if you have that kind of downtrodden attitude, you're like, oh man, you know, it affects your production. It affects how you look at the look at your work. It affects how you actually come up with a solution, how you come up with the answers, whatever the case may be. But when you come in with that can-do spirit, when you got that love, when you got that energy going, I mean, man, you're like, you know what? I did a good job. It's the same thing when you're baking. I tell people when you're baking and when you're cooking, you got to have some love. And if you don't, people are going to be able to tell the difference. I love that. You got to, that's the secret ingredient to every recipe, peanut butter yes. and jelly, uh, punch bowl cake. You got to yes. add, sprinkle in some love. Sprinkle <laughs> in some love, honey. You got to like love. that love because that energy, it really does transfer. People don't realize, but your energy transfers to things and to other people. When you're around negative people, you start to feel a little negative yourself. When you get around positive people, you're like, you know what? I could do this too. You know, you get excited. So I love it. I absolutely love it. Listen, I got another question for you as a yes. follow-up to, to that quote and just about love. Your business, she talked about uh, the classes that you offer, works with a lot of youth. I want you to tell our listeners today, um, you know, how does cooking um, and being a, a minority business, how does that and advocacy go hand in hand? Um, and, and how are you using that through your classes? Good. I love that. So what I try to do is I try to offer classes that are diverse. For example, I'm doing a culinary boot camp right now. And each each week when we meet, we highlight a different type of cuisine. So we did French cuisine for week one. For week two, we're doing foods of the African diaspora. So, you know, then the next week we're doing Asian foods. So we're really trying to expose the kids to different cultures 
through food. So they understand that you can explore the world without even having to leave where you are, right? And you can do that through food. So we really try to make sure that we're advocating and we're celebrating all cultures. I love that. So, you know, in this, in this last segment of our show, we like to call it getting comfortable with talking about uncomfortable topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, it, it centers around race. Um, you told us that you're from Muncie, Indiana. Yay. I went to school in Evansville, by the way. <laughs> um, and so I want you just to tell our audience when it comes to race, what was the first recollection that you've had uh, of your own racial identity or your identity in itself? And how was that played a factor? in your role as an entrepreneur? Well, you know, the the first time I realized that, I mean, I think I always knew I was was black necessarily, but when I realized that it was an issue was my father was transferred with General Motors to Oklahoma and we moved to Oklahoma and I did a semester at this school. We lived right off of Oklahoma City. It was a pretty much white suburb. There was about literally six kids in the entire elementary school, including my brother and I that were black, including me and my brother were black. And that was, I, I, I grew up in a pretty much all black neighborhood, but my school probably was about 20% black. Cause you know, we all kind of, you know, bust whatever, um, in Muncie, Indiana. So when I moved to Oklahoma, it was completely different and people started calling me the N word. And honestly, up until that was the fourth grade up until that point, no one had ever called me that I went to school with white kids. Um, you know, they were still the majority at the school I went to, like I said, my neighborhood was mostly black but no one ever, I, I don't remember that. I don't remember that until fourth grade when I moved there and I realized that I was different and that didn't feel very good. And so what I try to do with my classes is just very subtly educate people about different cultures, right? Educate, you know, working with, it starts with the kids and the kids, they just love it. They absorb it. And they ask questions when we talk about different types of foods from across the world. And that really helps them to start to see the world globally, right? And also start to see that all cultures have value, especially when it comes to good food. I love that. And listen, Nikki is so busy. That's why you hear the, the phone ringing because there are tons and tons of people want to call in right now, want to find out how do I get in touch with this business? How do I get the sprinkles of love into my life, right? <laughs> how, do I, how do I get into these classes? Um, and, and how do I grow as a person? We bring this part of our show in talking about things that are uncomfortable, talking about your identity, where you grew up, and even some, you know, some uncovering some uglies with that. Because a lot of times in talking and sharing and learning, about where we all come from, we can all know where we need to go to. And so Nikki, I appreciate you um, being candid and being transparent in that. And guess what? Our time is just like flying out the door today. I want people to know how they can get in touch with you. Um, So please let us know all your information right now. How can folks get in touch? Where can they take a class? What's next for Sweet Encounter? Yes. So you can definitely go to our website, sweetencounterbakery.com. We have information on our classes. We also have our location. We are located right now downtown on Washington Square. Yes, um, 112 South Washington Square. And I'm going to let your viewers know 
that in less than two weeks, we are relocating. So this information is going to be going out pretty soon. Yeah, so this is hot off the press. I don't think I've shared it uh, publicly with anyone else. But on February the 16th, which is a Wednesday, so two weeks from yesterday, we will be opening in the Nat building. That's where the new art center is as well, our gallery. So we are going to be opening in that building. Yes. Wow. So transitioning from um, the current location, which is just down the street on Washington Square and moving into our own space where we are right now. We share space with other vendors, other businesses. And so we're going to be moving and doing that. This is awesome. And you heard it here, right here on Arts, Artists, and Advocates. The new location is coming for Sweet Encounters. You've got to go to their website, sweetencountersbakery.com. You will not be disappointed. I have been so delighted to speak to an amazing entrepreneur, an amazing advocate, an amazing activist right here in our community. Nikki, thank you for being with us. Thank you all for listening and tuning in to Arts, Artists, and Advocates, a podcast-based broadcast. You you can find content on on demand at lccconnect.com. Go ahead and do it today. Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a series of conversations and performances that explore diversity, equity, and inclusion through the arts and activism. We're also highlighting the work of people on our campus as well as in our community that's making a difference. I've been your host, Dr. Tanya Bailey, and I'm reminding you that you matter. We'll see you next time. <laughs>